Well, hello and welcome everybody to the Orcas in Action podcast. I'm Kevin McMenamin, your host with Lost Prevention Magazine. And with me is Jack Britton, also with Lost Prevention Magazine. Hey, Jack. Hey, everyone. Hey, Kevin. Hey, and uh, joining us today is Chris Kohler. He's the commander of the New Mexico Organized Retail Crime Task Force. Hey, Chris, how are you? Gentlemen, how are you? Very well, thank you. Very well. Thanks for joining us today. We've got some exciting stuff to talk about because uh, um, it, we have a new orca, and uh, and that's always exciting. So tell us uh, tell us a little bit about what you got going on in New Mexico. You guys have started a, a new organized retail crime task force, and we're really excited to hear you know kind of how it all happened and and where you're at today. Sure. So back in June of 2020, so mid pandemic. Uh, the Attorney General here, Hector Balderas, announced that he was going to start a an organized retail crime unit here at the Attorney General's office. Uh, I was subsequently put in charge of that, and we went we went immediately to work. Uh, we started partnering with our retail friends. We started partnering with our law enforcement brethren, and we started working cases almost immediately. We started making arrests. We started putting people in jail. We started identifying some of our prolific offenders. We started uh, educating ourselves on what ORC actually meant because it was a very new uh, and very niche concept to us at the time. But since then, it has taken off. Uh, since then, we have identified the need for this program across the state. Uh, once we did so, we started going around the state and partnering with some of our other law enforcement and retail brethren. Uh, and in, I would say probably, probably by June of 2021, uh, we were a full fledged task force. Uh, now fast forwarding to now, uh, we have partnered not only with retail and law enforcement, we have, we've also partnered with our chamber of commerce, both on the state and the local level. Uh, and the chamber of commerce is hosting us as an official worker. So we're incredibly excited because that allows us to provide one more point uh, and a huge point of connectivity across the state. And they're, and they're also posting our online platform as well. So we've got a number of agencies that we work uh, with. We have a number of agencies that we're in the works of working with. And we are statewide at this point. And we're trying to tackle organized retail crime in all four corners of the state. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about what you do as the commander of the New Mexico Organized Retail Crime Task Force. What exactly does that mean? Sure. So the answer is a lot. <laughs> um, uh, basically, I'm responsible for a number of things. Uh, I'm responsible for the outreach and the educational piece. I'm responsible for the support of our law enforcement partners and their efforts in ORC. Uh, I am responsible for coordinating and liaising with both law enforcement and with the retail community and now with the uh, state and local chambers. Uh, I am responsible for casework uh, because the casework uh, never, ever goes away. I'm responsible for, uh, to, the, to the degree that I can be, uh, responsible for case management. Uh, I'm still responsible for going to court on many of these cases. And I'm also responsible for the development uh, of our program, the development and expansion of our program. So now you mentioned the Chamber of Commerce and the, you know, hosted by and supported by the Chamber of Commerce. How, how what is that relationship like? What, what is, um, you know, are, are they the ones who are helping to sort of spread the, the word or is it on you or 
Um, have you got a core group of people that have been, you know, spreading the word about what you guys are doing and, and uh, telling people across New Mexico how to get involved? Sure. So yeah, it, it, it's probably that, that last, um, that last bit. So we have a definite core group of people that have been assisting us uh, pretty much since the beginning on making sure that we get the word out around the state and that we educate everybody across the state on what ORC is and what it actually means to the state of New Mexico and why it's important that we work those things. Uh, that core group is also responsible for helping us partner with the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and now the Chamber of Commerce is fully on board and they're working with us uh, to spread that word and to help us develop what the structure of this program looks like so that we can, so that we can implement it statewide, even in the smallest of jurisdictions. That's great. So are they helping with resources on that too? Or are, like, do they have a part of the Chamber of Commerce that's helping to support the ORCA? Sure. So they do. So uh, they are hosting our online platform. So we're using the Aurora platform uh, here in New Mexico. We just went live on that last week. We just started keying in on it this week. Uh, I just put that out to our law enforcement partners across the state uh, so that they can access it and so that they can start uh, either keying in or start looking at some of the offenders in their own areas. Uh, they're also, they're also helping us in a lot of other ways. And I don't know how much I can share, uh, at this time, but I can tell you, uh, that we have talked specifically about working on getting funding for the task force, uh, so that not only can we, uh, expand, but so that we can be self-sustaining, uh, and they're also helping us with, uh, introducing new legislation here in the state of New Mexico so that we can make working organized retail crime cases a lot more conducive for our law enforcement folks and a lot more and make the charging a lot more appropriate for some of the offenders who require more specialized attention, I guess you would say. So who can participate? If you, if you looked at, I mean, obviously you've explained some of that already, but if you look at the relationship between retailers and law enforcement and the district attorney's office, who, who, who participates in your program there? Sure. Uh, so when I wrote the MOU for this program, one of the things that I made sure to do is to leave it open. Um, the reason that I did that is because I wanted to make sure that we were as inclusive as we could. You know, we started off with law enforcement uh, and we've got great participation from our law enforcement partners. We're continuing to expand that every day. We just had another agency sign our MOU yesterday. But we're not limited to that. The reason that we don't want to be limited to that is because this is a broader scope problem. And I want to make sure that when we're ready, uh, we can include some of those people. Uh, so in terms of the ORCA, anybody in the retail community, any of the, any of the APL can participate in the work. Uh, they're going to have access to the Aurora system. Uh, we're working on expanding when we're ready and when we have enough law enforcement participation on actually bringing some of those people into the fold on the task force side. For prosecutions, they likely will not be participating in the ORCA or, or Aurora site. Um, we haven't really talked about that yet, but what we are doing on the task force side is we've started communicating with the local jurisdictional district attorney's offices because it's important for us that we all that we're all working toward the same goal and that we have everybody on the same page. Uh, so we've started working on things like including them on the front end on some of our cases 
communicating with them when our some of our more prolific offenders get picked up to talk to them a little bit about what other cases we have against them and how we can best work together. For I try to include everybody from the floor asset protection personnel all the way up to prosecution so that we're all aware of what it is that we're actually facing and so that we're all working toward the same goal. Now, <clears throat> let's talk about how, how an ORCA gets started because we've got a, a, you know, a, an audience of folks out there um, some of them are belong to orcas that have been around for a long time. Some are uh, relatively new, and some of them are still trying to scrape this whole process together. So, um, was this a, a bootstrap kind of a thing that you guys had to go through? Was there was there support for it? I mean, I, I know too that you mentioned the opportunities with the Chamber of Commerce helping to put forward legislation with you guys. Um, we've seen in California, we've seen in Michigan, um, you know, funding efforts. And dollars that have been earmarked, you know, to um, to help support organized retail crime efforts in those states. Um, what's it like in New Mexico, and what was it like getting this whole process started? Sure. So for us, and for our state, and for me specifically, um, we started off with very little, um, no funding, no real resources to speak of, um, no staffing, uh, things like that. Um, what I developed over time is a network of people who were like-minded and who wanted to make a change in the state. Some of those people already had that mindset, right? Particularly uh, a couple of our law enforcement partners, as well as a lot of our retail partners. Um, but I, I heard a great quote a while back, and it's you have to be successful before you can be successful, right? Like you have to be successful. <laughs> um, and that's what we learned. Um, we did not have a ton of support in the beginning. Nobody knew that we existed and nobody knew that we were doing this or why we were doing this or why it was important. Um, as we continued to work cases, as we continued to really highlight uh, the damage that some of our offenders were doing uh, to the community and to the economy, as we started building on that success, we started gaining notoriety. Notoriety brought us more partners uh, allowing us to expand the task force. And over time, um, and with a lot of work, especially uh, from our retail partners, uh, some of our regional guys who have just been fantastic, literally since day one, um, helping us out and pushing us forward and lending us support and lending us materials. Um, with a lot of their help, uh, we, were able to, we were able to get the Chamber of Commerce's attention and from the minute that that happened, even behind the scenes, even before I knew, um, that's when we really started taking off with the work. Uh, the, the, chamber, uh, the chamber and all of us were really looking for a way to make this a statewide program and how to include as many people as possible, how to provide that structure, how to provide those resources, how to support each other, how to educate uh, some of our friends and some of our neighbors and even the community at large about why this was important. Uh, so it was really a collaborative effort. It took a lot of work behind the scenes. It took a lot of success. But now that we're starting to gain that momentum, I mean, it's a, uh, you know, it's a rocket ship, right? Uh, it, it, it took off very slowly from the ground. But we're in the air now, right? We're not in space yet. I guarantee it. Um, but we're getting there uh, and we're getting there just because so many of these people, so many of these entities all the way from law enforcement to, real, to retail um, are the fuel 
are, are the fuel to this. And, and so, and so has success. So Chris, if you looked at the road that you guys have had to follow to get to where you are now, obviously it's it's been quite a path that you've had to uh, trek through uh, to get to where you are. Um, what advice would you give to uh, organizations that are just getting started out there, new orcas that are really trying to establish themselves? What, what advice would you give them? Uh, number one, first and foremost, do not be discouraged and do not give up. This is absolutely worthwhile. It is absolutely necessary. And the, the impact is so far reaching that you're not really gonna understand it um, until you're probably five to 10 years down the road. I'm learning to understand what that is, but I won't fully understand it until we're five, 10 years down the road. Um, rely on your partners, build relationships, work together, set realistic expectations. Manage those expectations where you can be inclusive of your partners. Don't shut them out or be uncommunicative. Um, work together toward the same goal. Let people know what your goals really are. Think big about what you want your program to be from day one and start off building on small successes, just little wins here and there. Uh, so that you can set the stage for what this looks like in your in your ultimate goal and your ultimate vision. And you're going to get there. You're going to see those changes. You're going to bring more people on board. Day one, not a lot of people are going to understand what you're trying to do or why you're trying to do it. And it is frustrating. Um, that's okay. Learn to rely on the people who do or the people who, even if they don't necessarily, are still willing to help you. Um, use those relationships as much as you possibly can. Leverage them in a good way. Um, leverage those relationships in a good way so that you can start building toward what you ultimately want it to be. You know, you mentioned some of these small successes as you went along the way. Um, any that you can share with us? Any any small wins or uh, or even big wins that uh, that you've already seen through these partnerships? Sure. So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about where we started uh, just to kind of illustrate. So um, if you're not familiar with New Mexico, it is not always the uh, most friendly state for uh, investigation or criminal prosecution. Uh, <laughs> so um, we started off with a lot of, you know, and, and what I mean by that is uh, looking at property crime offenders, right, by and large, uh, we were told no you can't get arrest warrants for a property for a nonviolent offender. Um, we were told that you can't get them held pretrial detention. We were told that you can't uh, get them sent to prison, right? Uh, we were told that you can't seize their property. Uh, we were told a lot of no, there was this misconception, particularly on the law enforcement side about what we could and we couldn't do. Um, and a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, kind of with the state general and some of the changes that we're looking at making. Uh, so we started off, by, so I'll give you our, our very first case was a, was a woman by the name of Irina Quintana. Uh, and she was about $60,000 deep in ORC various retailers. Um, I was not able to get an arrest warrant for Divina right out of the gate. I was not. Um, that was a hard pill to swallow. But what I learned is 
I wanted to figure out a way how to win next time. I was dissatisfied with the idea that Davina Quintana was not going to go to jail when I needed her to, to stop what she was um, I learned to revise the law enforcement product and make it so that it was conducive for getting the next one. Uh, so Davina, uh, Davina was our first test case. We did not get an arrest warrant for her until she started failing to appear. After that, I personally arrested her a couple of times um, <laughs> to the point where she took it a little personal after a while. Uh, but, you know, we had a mutual um, roadrunner and coyote respect for each other, I think, anyway. Uh, fast forward to today, uh, where uh, she pled guilty to a series of those crimes. Uh, now, today, there's not a case I don't that I can think of where we haven't gotten an arrest warrant for our for our prolific offenders. We changed the way that law enforcement present in, in the state of New Mexico presented those cases entirely, and as a result, we get better results uh, in terms of pretrial detention. We were told that we can't get pretrial detention. We don't get it in every case, and we shouldn't. Like realistically, and and being reasonable, we probably shouldn't. But the cases where we've pushed for it and the cases where we've really wanted it, we've gotten that. And there's been a number of those now. Uh, and, you know, to, again, to put it in perspective, uh, one of the individuals that we got uh, held pretrial detention uh, was in a wheelchair uh, through, through all fault of his own, uh, evading, evading the police, evading the police and jumping out of a window. Um, but he was in a wheelchair. He was a he was a largely nonviolent offender. Uh, and we got him held pretrial in, for pretrial detention the same week, and I believe the same courtroom where a double homicide suspect was allowed to walk on his own recognizance. So it was a huge victory for us. What that told me, and, and I think what that told the rest of the task force, is that the way that we're approaching this is working. And now, two years later, uh, the Davina Quintanas of the world, many others, uh, are slowly and in some cases rather quickly uh, fleeing out to the number of offenses that we've had against them. And they're not being, they're not being changed or modified or, or dropped to misdemeanors or petty misdemeanors or anything. Like we're holding these people accountable for the number, for the litany of felonies that they're, that they're committing all across the state. So why should people get involved in your work? I mean, why should retailers get involved? Why should law enforcement and other public servants get involved in your work? So it's like anything else. It's going to take a village. Uh, and we're all going to have to be working toward the same goal. We're all going to have to be communicating uh, with each other. And that's something that simply just hasn't been done in the past uh, or has been done sporadically or, or, or on an incredibly small scale. The truth of the matter is this, we are collectively better together and we need to start working together in order to see that better, in order to see that better come to light. Um, the ORCA is going to provide us with a number of opportunities for connectivity uh, locally, for connectivity around the state, for us to be able to share information, for us to be able to share stories, for us to be able to have face-to-face -face contact with each other and to do, you know, what I hope will be an annual conference uh, here in the future. Um, but for us to really be able to look left and look right and to have a genuine statewide partnership with each other 
knowing that we're all working and we all understand this very important and very critical goal for the state of New Mexico. And I assume you guys are, are also um, tied in with some of the other states too, right? Like the other orcas, um, you have that, that connectivity, um, plus you have the platform as well, right? So are you, are you also seeing you know, activity that's coming from the other states when they're heading to Mexico and vice versa, letting them know when things are leaving New Mexico and heading to some of these other areas? So we've done some demos on the platform. Again, we just rolled it out this week, so we're just starting to key into it now. Um, but we have done some demos on the platform and we have seen, and I have seen personally, several of our offenders who are, who are offending in other states, including Colorado and Arizona. We've got a great relationship with the Arizona task force. Um, we haven't worked with Colorado yet, but we're very eager to. Um, so we're, we're definitely seeing that connectivity and I want to start trying to capitalize on that because it is important. And it's going to be important later down the line when we're starting to connect the dots all the way from, you know, California to, to Connecticut on some of these cases, on some of these traveling groups, on where the merchandise is going. Uh, you know, again, um, you know, thinking about that connectivity on the state level, that is a huge, huge step in the right direction. But the next step in the right direction is, is definitely going to be connectivity uh, and information sharing around the U.S. Because again, we're, we're just simply better together. We're, sim we're simply better if we are all working toward that same goal and if we're all talking to each other. Being siloed doesn't help. Um, working on your own doesn't help. You can succeed. You know, I, I'll never take that away from somebody. You can definitely succeed, but we will always have more and better success if we're all working together. Yeah, and we've seen some tremendous increases in the, um, in the, the level of communication um, the level of interagency communication, you know, between state, local, federal, um, and certainly across the, you know, state uh, boundaries when it comes to the different states or even different regions, you know, working together, especially, you know, in this, this sort of ORCA world. Um, and these platforms that have been out have helped facilitate a lot of that even more so, um, where you can actually see and identify these patterns and trends in the data. Um, and identify when, you know, things are heading your way or things are heading away from you. And, um, and as you said, you know, working together, it, it, it's, it only helps, right? It only helps each other um, and everyone in this, this sort of war against uh, ORC. So, um, well, sure, thank not you. To, uh, oh, sorry about that. No, not, to, uh, not to date myself, uh, but uh, there was a time when I was working these cases as, as a young police officer. Uh, and the way it worked was that you would have an offender who would commit an offense at one retailer and then you would drive out there, you would talk to the people, collect the video. Uh, if you were real, real lucky, um, you might find out that that same offender was at another store down the street or down the block or wherever the case may be. The platform, the orca, the connectivity allows us to genuinely look at our offenders as the problem, right? Like the individual incidents are, are kind of a thing of the past, really, or at least in my personal professional opinion, they should be. Um, what we're looking at now is identifying those most prolific offenders and treating them as the problem instead of treating the incident as the problem, collecting all of the data from all of the retailers in all of the jurisdictions, and then making the case about the individual. It's not uncommon for us to write a 40-page narrative um, describing some of these people's exploits, but it is absolutely necessary 
in order for us to demonstrate to the courts, to the community, to the prosecutors, the kind of impact that these people can have on the community and on the economy and on the customers and on the employees, you know, and on the shopping experience and on your ability to, to, to buy products, you know, when you go out and you go to the store. Um, that approach, in my opinion, uh, that approach is what's going to really take us to the next level and what's going to help us start to stem that tide. Well, and it goes back to what you said about the, um, you know, having, when you were a young police officer, right? You Sure, you can stop the one case and the one incident in the one store, right? But this these are criminal networks. And if we're not working together and we're not collaborating together, that's how you dismantle a criminal network. You don't dismantle them, the, the, the one-offs. Um, it's got to be a, a much bigger effort in those 40 or 50 or 60 page uh, narratives that are going to explain, you know, how it's all tied together and not just the, the single incidents. It's those single incidents that can obviously lead to those bigger uh, cases, but not if we're not all working together. So um, we applaud your efforts, Chris. This is this is really fantastic. It's, it's always exciting to see a new orca um, get on the map and we're excited for what you're doing in New Mexico. We really appreciate your efforts and, and uh, congratulate you on, on your small wins. And we're looking forward to hearing about some of the big ones too in the, in the future. So before we, uh, before we jump off here, um, how to tell people how to get involved, you know, how does a retailer work with you? How does, um, uh, you know, how does somebody get in touch with whomever to, to get involved with the Orca? Sure. Uh, so for the ORCA itself, you can go through the New Mexico Chamber of Commerce's website. There is a tab there so that you can sign up. Uh, you will be vetted. You will be required to have uh, like an entity email address, right? So like a Yahoo or an AOL account probably isn't going to work. Um, but you will be vetted. And then once you're there uh, and once you're connected to the ORCA, you will also have the opportunity to sign up for the Aurora platform so that you can gain access to Aurora. Uh, if you're interested in my program, if you're interested in the state of New Mexico's program or where we're going or how we got started, uh, please feel free to contact me. Uh, I'm sure that we can provide my, my cell phone number and my email address to each and every one of you. I'm more than happy, uh, in fact, excited to talk to people about being able to start programs, even with very little resources um, in any jurisdiction, because I genuinely believe that a program like this one can be implemented anywhere. Chris, thank you for all your efforts. We really appreciate everything that you guys have done there and the hard work that everyone there in New Mexico um, has put into this program. Yes, sir. No, absolutely. And thank you guys for all of your support. Well, we're happy to do it. And uh, again, we appreciate your time. Uh, we're, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. We're going to hear about some of these bigger cases. Get you on one of our webinars or, uh, or maybe a future podcast where we can talk about dissecting one of your big successful cases there in, in New Mexico. So uh, thank you again, Jack. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. As always, uh, you're listening to the Orcas in Action podcast. And we've been talking to Chris Kohler with the New Mexico Organized Retail Crime Task Force. So thank you again, Chris. Appreciate your time. Mm-hmm.